0: Thank you for tuning in. As always, I'd like to start with this disclaimer. I don't have all the answers, and you don't have all the answers, but the best way to pursue the truth is through open-minded discourse, and I hope to contribute in part to that today with a quick thought. One of the social movements that has been sweeping up universities recently has been awareness of privilege, power, and oppression. While all of these things exist, It is my fear that these ideas have been mixed with identity politics to a degree that all of these things are now not attributed to people based on their situation, but rather on their identity. For instance, as a straight, white, cis male, I'm automatically complicit in the oppression of minorities, regardless of my actions. This is a troubling new wave of thinking, and one of the particular ideas to come from this has been one of microaggressions. If you're not familiar, a microaggression would be defined as an act or a phrase, done or spoken, without necessarily any intent to harm someone, but betray derogatory views which are harmful to someone else. Pulling from a university paper I found online, some examples for teachers specifically would be failing to learn to pronounce or continuing to mispronounce the names of students, assigning students tasks based on gender roles that don't allow flexibility across roles and responses, and assuming the gender of any student. While not all microaggressions are spoken, as some could be considered, such as spreading your legs too far for a male, or other physical actions like that, most items in the microaggression realm fall within speech, and have often to do with making assumptions. Now, the silly thing about this is that everyone makes assumptions on a daily basis, regardless of good or malicious intent. When I sit in a chair, I generally assume it's been crafted well enough to support my weight and when I approach someone on the street to ask for directions, I'm making an assumption that they can hear, that they can understand English, and that they'll respond to me in a generally amicable way. Life is full of assumptions, and so when the idea of microaggressions attacks these neutrally-intentioned assumptions, an impossible standard is set. And it also ignores the idea of intent. If someone were to be passive-aggressive to someone in saying a phrase, that is different than if someone says the same phrase without bad intent, even if the other person is offended in both cases. Let me give you an example. One phrase that's been deemed a microaggression is, if you work hard, you will succeed. Now, is this an absolute maxim that's infallible? Of course not. There are always exceptions, but if someone is saying this to another person who gets offended, why is it the burden of the first person to never say the phrase? It's actually not innately toxic. And let's say, even worst-case scenario, it is patently false and perpetuates stigmas against poor people that they're lazy. Even then, rather than attack the phrase, condemn the ideology behind it. Someone who is genuinely ignorant of the fact it's false isn't going to have their mind changed by being called an aggressor, and being accused as being malicious, even if it's not with intention. And if someone does say it specifically to upset someone, you need to condemn their ideology and their motivation for causing another person to be upset, not the specific phrase that got them upset. Intent matters, and condemning neutral phrases because someone could get upset is a way to vilify normal people. And when people get vilified, they often respond by jumping to extremes, since their normal behavior is now being condemned. Moreover, what's particularly egregious about the way that this debate is being set up is in the phrasing microaggression. This implies and equates these phrases or subtle actions to physical violence against someone. It naturally follows that if you're taught that words are the equivalent of violence, that people who speak ideas you feel are harmful should and can be silenced with violence. This is an extremely toxic idea that must be killed. Ideas you find disagreeable or harmful may not actually be as harmful as you think, and everyone has the right to self-expression. When someone says something you find harmful, you are in no way impeded, nor are any of your rights curbed. This is a massive divide between disagreeable speech and physical violence. The basis of civil society is founded upon the idea of agreeing to disagree and allowing freedom for people to pursue their different ideas in peace. When we start saying that speech equals aggression, and intent of that speech doesn't matter as long as someone is offended in the end, then you create a recipe for disorder and division. You shouldn't live your life in a way that you are offended by other people, nor should you have to live your life sweating about if your speech is going to offend someone. Now, there's always a spectrum for this, so, for instance, I would like people not to swear around children, but to equate that type of behavior to violence is absurd. Ultimately, it comes down to needing to be resilient against what other people think, not trying to live your life bending over backwards to appease what culture or what others might think, and not expecting others to conform to how you think they ought to live. Living in that way will make you a very unhappy person, Almost as unhappy as someone who is offended by every phrase or word spoken that might make someone around the world somewhere somewhat upset. Rather than trying to shame people from expressing ideas, we should engage those ideas, debate them, and learn. If there are microaggressions coming from someone, maybe address the harmful root ideology, learn from it, and defeat it if it is a bad idea, instead of eviscerating every average person for harmlessly spouting off a phrase. Thank you for spending your time on a quick thought.